Hi, everyone. Yes, so I get the pleasure of taking um, on from Paul's started this series last week. Um, as through this year, we're looking at how we go deep and wide with God. And that basically means as we um, sort of stretch our tents wider, as we stretch our reach wider, um, as the church grows, we want to make sure our foundations are really in God. Um, and so digging deep and looking at, um, at what makes us who we are um, in, in Christ and how we fit into God's story. Um, And the story of the kingdom, like I say, Paul introduced this last week, is the narrative that's central to all creation. It's the story that we're all part of. Um, It's the adventure of our identity. And last year, we spent a lot of time looking at the story of God, looking at God's big story, and really grasping that um, it's not reduced to just creation and the cross, um, but it's bigger than that. It's not a simplistic um, sin and salvation story, but actually our story is one of hope and renewal and restoration. And it's really important that we know our story, we know who we are before we look at our mission, um, before we look at why we, you know, what we need to do with this story. Um, We have to get really good at sharing the story, sharing our lives, sharing um, it with words and with actions. It's a story of freedom and redemption, a promise of a future. And it's really important that we just know it and that we live it. And if we haven't grasped it for ourselves, it's really then hard to share that with others. If we haven't seen the transformative power of the story of the kingdom in our own lives, then we haven't actually got any good news to share with other people. Um, So... We're going to just look, first of all, at sort of knowing our story. The story starts with creation. All things that are made good in in God's image. Now, most of us sitting in this room will know how the story of the kingdom starts. We'll know how the story of the Bible starts. Um, If you've had children in Sunday school or been a child in Sunday school yourself, this will be familiar to you. But I really urge you not to switch off because there is a lot of really good stuff that is part of our story. And if we can just know it and hear it again and again and again, that's the way storytelling works, that we hear something again and again and then it becomes natural to share that. So at the start of our story of the kingdom, we know that it starts in the garden. And as Pete Hughes, um, brother of Tim Hughes, the singer, he also runs a church though, Pete Hughes, says, we began life unashamed, fully alive, in relationship with God, living the dream. That's how creation starts. And that gives us an indication of what we're destined for. It gives us an indication of, of what goes all the way through the thread of this story unashamed, fully alive, in relationship with God and living the dream. I don't know about anybody else, but that sounds pretty good to me. But within a few chapters of Genesis, within the, the, you know, right at the beginning of the Bible, there's the fall or decreation, where mankind steps away from the richness and the goodness of of what it was intended for and exercises free will. And basically, decreation is a breakdown through sin. Martin Luther, the... um, uh, I can't say this word, Reformation theologian, um, describes sin as a life turned in on itself. So basically, everything revolves around you. Your needs, your longings, your desires, your goals, you are number one. And now our culture celebrates this. You know, if you feel good, do it. You deserve it. Go on, indulge yourself. But if you have that mindset multiplied by 8 million billion people on the planet, it kind of explains why there's a potential for huge suffering and injustice and the mess of the world. If you feel good, do it. Creation turned in on itself. 
And we see the result of this sin, the separation, the self-fulfillment and the decreation within a few chapters of the whole Bible, the absolute low point of the kingdom. In Genesis 6, it says, the earth was filled with violence and God's heart was filled with pain. Now, this wasn't God's plan. He says, it says earlier on that the earth is filled with his glory. That's his intended plan. But then the earth is filled with violence and his heart was filled with pain. Um, so God works on a new plan. And it's not that he's, he's been caught out and he's got to catch up and, and rework something out. Um, one of my favourite books that I, I like to read to Eleanor is a Max Lucado children's story, uh, Because I Love You. And basically there's um, a craftsman who makes this incredible place and this village for his children to play and live and he builds a wall around it to protect them. And they all know that the wall's there. And he says, if you... Um, if you go the other side of the wall, there is danger and it is not a good place for you to be, but everything you need is inside this. And there's, there's one child that's really curious and he finds a hole in the wall and he goes and tells the master, there's a hole, there's a hole, you need to fix it. And the master says, I know there's a hole, but you need to choose to stay here. Um, and of course, the child's too curious and goes through. And as soon as he goes through, the hole closes up behind him. And he's faced with this insufferable darkness and fear and despair in this scary woods beyond. Um, but then it says, before the child had even found the first hole, the master was on his feet. Before the child had even asked for help, the master was on his way to give it. Even before the hole in the wall had closed, the master had opened another. With the staff at his side, the master called through the hole, left the village he'd made and set out in search for his child. This is the story of recreation. God making a way where there is no way. God already working on the rescue plan before we make the wrong choices. And we see through the Bible he brings Abraham to bring recreation, to bring a promise of a new nation of Israel that would bring healing and restoration to all people and populate the earth. But again, through the Old Testament, we see time and time again the holy nation sinning and turning in on themselves and following their own selfish ambition. And so God, the Almighty One, wraps himself in human flesh and comes into creation, dwelling amongst us in the bodily form of Jesus, fully God and fully human. Through his life and death and, res death and resurrection, he's the vehicle of healing and restoration and redemption. And then we get to the end of the story, the end of our biblical narrative, the end of the story of the kingdom, and it is the best ending ever. But one of the tragedies is that we have not done a good job of telling this story in the church. This, the end of the story is the most amazing hope and fulfillment of that beginning. And we don't, we don't dwell on this enough. You know, even if you pick up a children's um, Bible, often you'll go through the things that I've talked about, and then at the end you'll see Jesus maybe on the cross, maybe ascending to heaven, um, maybe a nice picture of what heaven could be. Um, it just sort of a vague summary of, of what our ending is. And if you went into, into town, went onto Abington Street today and asked people, tell me what you think the Christian story is. How does it end? Well, first of all, most people would avoid you. I'd avoid anybody wanting to ask questions on Abington Street. Um, but if you did get some random person who's got nothing better to do with their time than to talk to you, um, they might say, Christians believe, you know, that you try and be good, you live a good life, and, um, and then when you die, if you've been good enough, you get to go to heaven and you sit on the clouds um, with all the angels with those little bows and arrows and things um, and playing harps and stuff, um, and that's the end of the story. But that's actually not our story. That's not how it ends. 
That's some Greek philosophy. Our story has got changed over time, and we've believed that we get to, when we die, if we're good enough, we get to go to heaven and sit with, um, sit with all the fluffy baby angel things. Um, I'm not quite sure. Cherubs, that's what they're called, yeah. Edit that bit. Um, it's not in the Bible. The end of the story is not us floating up into the clouds, but Revelation 21 has heaven coming down and making its place within humanity. We see the excited narration of John as he describes heaven joining earth. There's no death, there's no pain, there's no destruction. Unashamed, fully alive, in relationship with God, living the dream. That's how creation ends. That's the life that we've been destined for. And so the Bible starts on earth and the Bible ends on earth. The kingdom of heaven comes to earth. God has us here. He wants to bring his kingdom, his redemption here to earth. The kingdom of heaven was made for earth. God was intentional on including us in their story. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's a story worth sharing. That's a story that's going to bring communities to life. It's a story that transforms and restores all things. And the kingdom, uh, the story of the kingdom is your story. It's my story. It's our story. We get to be an active part in the story and a carrier of the story. Our mission is to know God and to make him known. It's woven through the Bible from the start of creation. In Psalm 145, it says, I will focus on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. The saints will speak of your glory to the kingdom and your power. They will tell of your mighty deeds and your glorious reign. John summarized our mission, our purpose, what we're actually called to do, what what we're here for. And he says, this is the eternal life, that they will know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, who you have sent. Our mission is to invite people into the story, to tell people this is their story too. It's their history, their destiny. The story of the kingdom is what you were created for, unashamed, fully alive, in relationship with God, living the dream. The life we were destined for, and we all get to be involved in sharing the story and living the story. John Tyson says... We believe that God is writing an epic, global, redemptive story that every single one of us has been invited into. I'll say that again. We believe that God is writing an epic, global, redemptive story that every single one of us has been invited into. So the mission is not for a select few. He gave it to all of us, all authority to share the kingdom story. This is the great commission, doing it with God, the co-mission, working together So we might know this verse from Matthew 28. It says, Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. All authority in heaven and earth has been given. Therefore go and make disciples. And we've kind of got an awkward relationship with sharing our story. We kind of like to leave it to the evangelists who can go um, out into the streets or the missionaries who can go to other places. Um, and we're, I'm sure if you know, look around this room or nudging people next to you, Paul, you might know people who are really good at sharing their story, at sharing this story of the kingdom. And most of us, it's kind of a bit cringy and a bit awkward, um, kind of under the impression that some of the remote tribes may be far, far away, Um, Other than those, everybody kind of knows this story, so it wouldn't really be appropriate to share the story of the kingdom here with our friends and family. 
It might damage relationships. You know, if we tell people that they could have a life of hope and renewal, then they might be really offended by that. Um, the world says everyone should be left to their own devices um, to find their own way and to express their own beliefs. And we shouldn't go and make disciples. That's not really the way we do things. You might have seen a popular Christian fridge magnet or poster um, quoting St. Francis of Assisi that says, preach gospel and if necessary, use words. Has anyone seen that or heard that, that phrase before? Well, it fits well with our current culture. It says, let's show our faith with our actions. Let's show our story with our love. If, if necessary, use words. But let's hope people will just catch the gospel um, by hanging out with us. Maybe it would be absolutely necessary to tell somebody about the gospel if they're on their deathbed and haven't kind of caught on by that point, um, just so that they don't miss out on the fluffy clouds bit when the baby angels. Um, but actually, it's misquoted. That's not actually what St. Francis of Assisi said. Um, it doesn't say, if necessary, use words. It comes from a Franciscan rule, um, which says all of the friars should preach by their deeds. And essentially, what it's saying is your deeds, your actions need to match your words. So when you share the gospel, you have to have a life that matches up to it. It's not saying we should offer a mute gospel um, or just hope that somebody catches their story just by hanging out with us. But it says that we need to live out grace and truth of the gospel with our actions. The mission of the kingdom is to offer hope and renewal through words and actions. It's to share our story of renewal of a life that offers love and hope. What good is it to tell our friends that God is good if we are sinking in depression and anger and frustration? Equally, is it unique to show compassion and be charitable to maybe a homeless person if at, and being involved, you know, you could come and sign up for everything and restore if we never tell anybody about the transformative power that the kingdom story offers. It says in James, faith and works, works and faith, fit together, hand in glove. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? Our faith has to be expressed through our actions, yes. Our actions have to reflect our faith. But it's simply impossible to preach the gospel without using words. The gospel is inherently verbal. We have to share our story. In Romans 10, 13, it says, Paul talks to the church in Rome, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they if they do not know the one, if a call on the one they do not believe in? And how can they believe if they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone telling them? Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the words of Christ. And we can think, well, everybody in our day and age, everybody now knows that message. But actually, we're not just in a post-Christian society. We're in a society where most of the people that we know do not have this story inside of them. They do not know the basis of the story of the kingdom. And Jesus was really explicit about us being outward with our faith. Our mission is to be salt and light, to be influencers, to be carriers of the kingdom. We're called for our light to shine out into the darkness don't hide your light under a bowl. We carry this treasure inside us and we have to reflect it out of us. Again, Pete Hughes says his greatest fear for this generation, and that's not the young people who went to DTI, it's us in this room, is that we fall into the trap of thinking that we do not need to share the message of the kingdom. He says, if you want to bring light to the city, you can't just live out lives of love. Yes, you have to do that but you also have a message to proclaim. 
Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. There is power in sharing the story of the kingdom through deed and word. There is power in proclaiming freedom. There is power in restoration stories. We have the opportunity to set the story straight. And if we think about sharing the story is, a, is just telling people how to be saved, then that kind of is uncomfortable because our mission is not to share just a story of salvation, but it's a story of destiny and renewal. The world, our community, actually let's make this more personal, your friends, your family, those people that you rub up against every, every day, that sounds really odd, um, rub shoulders with every day. <laughs> We're going to record the second sermon, please. <laughs> These, I'm completely lost this now. But people don't want to be told, our friends, our family, don't want to be told how to turn from their sin because they don't see themselves as sinners. Satan has convinced the world that sin is equal to being bad and most people aren't that bad. You know, bad people are sinners, good people are good people and most people like to think of themselves, probably like us, as good people. We try our best most of the time. Um, and therefore, if, you get, if you're good enough, you get that ticket to heaven, that disembodied floating in the clouds heaven. The story of the kingdom that begins with freedom, authority, and relationship has been lost. Sharing a story of rescue makes no sense to a community or a culture if they don't believe they're captive. So our story isn't about sharing forgiveness, but renewal. Our story isn't about turning people from their sinful ways and convincing them um, to do more good things. Our mission is to connect people with their destiny and to bring life in fullness. Ravi Zacharias says, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. This is one of my favorite quotes. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. Because you can try as hard as you can to be good, good, good. But actually, our life isn't about doing more good works. It's about living life to the fullest. Paul took on this mission and he was imprisoned for it. He writes to the church in Ephesus saying, my task is to bring out into the open and make plain what God who created all this in the first place has been doing behind the scenes all along. This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to the message. He shares the story of the kingdom in, in Ephesians and ends with the instruction, live, lives, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Now who wants to live full lives, full in the fullness of God? That sounds good to me. When we look at the reason we're created, the relationship, when we grasp the whole story, we realise what we have to actually share is a story of blessing, not criticism. We actually do have good news, you know? It's, we've kind of lost that in the last um, few, few um, years of thinking, this is something not worth sharing. It's kind of something just to keep to myself, but this is something that is a blessing and good news. Through the Holy Spirit, we get a taste of heaven on earth. Now, everyone wants to live a full, fulfilled lives, to thrive, to live life to the fullest. But no matter how much money, how, much, how many things, how many great relationships, how much status you have, the story of the kingdom is the only story that speaks to our soul and sets our hearts alive. The story of our destiny, unashamed, fully alive in relationship with God, living the dream. Our commission is to bring communities to life through sharing the story of the kingdom of love and hope in power. 
In Paul's revelation of God entering the earth at the very end, he says, Behold, I am making, not Paul, sorry, John's, um, Behold, I'm making all things new. And the Greek word for this is kinos, meaning renewal. In other words, I'm restoring everything to how it's meant to be. Humanity fully alive in the presence of God. It's not a story of us escaping the world. Of God, it's a story of God coming down and bringing healing and restoration. And there's so many things in this world where we want to escape, you know, whether it's thinking, I'm just going to work, 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 and then I get to go on holiday. We've talked before about this rhythm of life that sets us up to saying, just got to get on with stuff, and at some point, I'm going to get out of here. But actually, this, is, this story is a story where we can be fully alive in all things. Um, so that, you know, we want to see businesses thriving, education systems setting free, the way we do politics being renewed, creativity flourishing, the story that brings life to our communities. We believe Jesus came with authority. He gave us the Holy Spirit so we could partner in this now. We don't have to wait for the end of the story to see his kingdom come. We've got the big picture with the Bible. We get to see how the story ends, but we get to play a part right now. We get an opportunity to work in partnership with God in transforming lives. And we say at Central Vineyard, we are joining God in the renewal of all things. We cannot do this in our own strength. This is not something that, again, you can work towards and try harder at. It is partnering with God in the renewal of all things. The authority that Jesus carried is an authority of power and renewal. Jesus brought forth kingdom of heaven on earth. We see that those that spent time with Jesus, their lives were transformed. The dead were raised. The sick were healed. Lives just changed round. Those that were caught in, in traps of, of debt and finance problems were set free. And we get to inherit this. This has been passed on to us, this kingdom power, this authority where heaven can reign here on earth. We get to do what Jesus did. And this is how we share the story. We walk with grace and humility, with servant-hearted, genuine love, but with supernatural power that transforms lives. We do not live in our own power um, but with God's power. And Jesus' commission to us is not to go and convince people with words that this is a nice story, but to live it out and do it with power, authority, and love, but also to be willing to share that. Because the resurrection that we know has authority over sin and Satan and death and hell. This is powerful stuff. And we get to go and share the story of the kingdom. All authority has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. And discipleship is not about moulding people to become like you or, or me, however great I think that might be. It would really be, get annoying after a while, I'm sure. It's not about convincing people to believe in God. It's about implementing the victory of God because Jesus has authority now and commissioned us with this authority. But the authority is not a heavy-handed, barging-in authority. It's gentle, it's merciful, it's Jesus sitting down and washing feet. It's humble, it's walking alongside people and having a conversation on the journey. It's the biggest love imaginable, and we're called to do likewise. So restoration and renewal comes through sharing the story of the kingdom, but also from us experiencing that and knowing that for ourselves and sharing our story. Like I said at the beginning, if you've not experienced that transformative power, if you've not seen chains broken in your own life and, f- and things being set free in areas where you've struggled, then what good news have you got to share? So we have to see this for ourselves and then share your own story as well.
There's a story inside each of us, the story of our past and our present and our hope for the future. But many of us leave our stories untold. And you might think if you've grown up in church and always been part of a Christian family that your story is really insignificant. You don't have anything to share. You've not had that amazing conversion experience. Or maybe you've come to faith as an, as an adult and you might be ashamed of your old habits or lifestyle and feel like, I can't share anything of myself. I'll only focus on this tiny bit of what God's done since I've become a Christian. But personal stories of encounter with God at whatever age, in whatever way, are powerful. Every time we share, tell our story um, of the kingdom, we give glory to God. When I was a child, I um, trapped, actually my sister, um, trapped my finger in a back door. Um, set the story straight, you can keep that in. Um, <laughs> the end of my finger came off um, and my, um, I was with my dad, my mum was out somewhere um, and he rushed me to hospital. The only thing I remember is just going through red lights, um, which was quite scary. Um, but the end of my finger completely disappeared and I... I was quite young, but um, I was told and my family were told that I'd never have, um, I'd always have a short middle finger. Um, I won't just do it with my middle finger. <laughs> this is not going well. <laughs> um, but my parents took me to a prayer meeting and I had a, a bandage and a, a cast type of thing on it to, to protect it. Um, and they prayed for it and when went back the week later to have it redressed, um, it completely regrown with nail and everything. That's a childhood little tiny bit of my story. I can't share everything. I, that just sprang to mind of, of just an example to share. When you share of something that's happened in your life, whether it be a healing, whether it be a being set free from something, it changes something in what people hear. Um, Kate was sharing with our team that she'd gone away for the DTI and somebody on the stage spoke a word directly to her and all of the youth were amazed that they called her by name, they described who she was, and um, they said something that was direct for her situation. You know, when we, when we can share what God's been doing in our lives, whether it's that big thing from the stage or, you know, just a small thing, actually overcoming anxiety. Um, the last few weeks, I've been having horrendous migraines and just had some people around me praying. Um, and I've got a different tablet from the doctor that seems to be working at the moment. It's not you know, it's not all flashing, actually, flashing lights aren't good either. Um, it's not all, you know, all singing, all dancing, oh, this is an amazing miracle. I'd love to be set free from migraines forever. But the little things where we see God breaking through, if we can share that with our friends and our family and have the confidence to ask to pray for them, to say, you know, I want to actually, I, I believe in something that's bigger than this situation. I believe that your cancer can go. I believe that your marriage can be restored. Um, and I'm going to stand with you and pray with you. And this is my story of, this is the story of hope and restoration. This is the life that you could get to live unashamed, fully alive in relationship with God. God cares about those little things, but he sets our hearts alight when we share it with others. And um, I haven't had permission to share, but Maria um, has shared with me something where we've been praying for, for somebody that she knows. Um, that person doesn't have faith um, themselves. And they've said, they've seen a healing in their life and they've said they want to come and visit and see the people that have been praying for them. They want to come, they know that it's God. When we have the confidence to share this good news, when we have the confidence to stand on this gospel, then lives are transformed. So, you know, another, another way to share your story is being part of a huddle. Um, so we have groups of, of 
same-sex threes and fours in, in the church that we really encourage you to, to join and to be part of. But it's a place to build meaningful relationships. You can have a chance to practice sharing your own story, um, sharing the story of the gospel with each other, and stepping out in faith together. And so you build relationships there, but also get a chance to feel confident in sharing, sharing the story of what God's doing in your life. So we've got a story that's significant, a story that has power and a story that's worth sharing. And knowing the kingdom of God is knowing what you were created for, unashamed, fully alive, in relationship with God, living the dream, living that life that we were destined for here on earth, not just waiting for heaven to come to earth at the end of Revelation. We all get to be involved in sharing the story and living the story. And as God calls us as a church to join him in the renewal of all things, Let's not wait for our time to end. Let's not just keep our fingers crossed and get, hope that we get to experience that connection with God at the end of our lives. Um, yes, that will be in a fuller way than we'll ever experience it in our earthly bodies here. But actually, we get to be actively involved in sharing the story and doing the story of the kingdom and welcoming heaven here on earth and carrying that kingdom story with us here and now.